Well, hey there. It's the middle of February. How are things going in 2022? Are you on track with your goals for the new year? Or did you get caught up in the New Year's resolution frenzy and have seen your resolutions fizzle out? No worries, friend. It is okay. Let's start with right where you are. In today's episode, we have a mission for you. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to create a mission statement for your family so you can explore opportunities for your blend so you can begin to live God's best for your stepfamily right now. This involves four very simple steps. One, know who you are. What's at the core of your being? What is your purpose? Two, brainstorm and create your vision. Think about things like, where do you want to live? How are you growing spiritually? What kind of experiences do you want to have emotionally? What will you be doing? Keep the ages and the interests of your kiddos in mind too. Three, think about your mission. Make get started choices and have some fun with it. Ten years from now, this is what our family will look like. Five years from now, three years from now, one year, and even three months. The reason for three months is so you can obtain quick wins that you'll experience along the journey. Fourth, align your decisions with your vision. At Step Family Mission Possible, we call this your Step Family Legacy Roadmap. The best way to gain clarity on this mission is to hang out with people who understand the complexities of Blendy and will support you on the journey. Join us in the Facebook group to get the support you need. P.S. Would you like a little help getting started? We've created a free download just for you. To get the download, just go to stepfamilypodcast.com forward slash 61 or click on the link in the show notes. All right, let's get this mission started. Step family life is hard, especially when it feels like the one you married is your opponent instead of your teammate. Hey, we're Bill and Jen Rogers, and we know how to get you on the same team. Instead of feeling defensive, emotionally exhausted, and anxious, it's time to play offense together. If you're looking for some help in how to blend beautifully together, send us an email at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Welcome to Step Family Mission Possible. We know blending is hard. Let's make it easier together. Eight plus years into our relationship, we had vowed to stay married, but our starry-eyed courtship quickly got sucked into a dark hole of confusion and chaos, especially when the kids were with us, and resentment and anxiety grew when they weren't. We learned the hard way that our happiness as a couple was distinct from our happiness as a blended family. We weren't crazy, but many days we felt completely out of our minds. We needed clarity and hope. We didn't need to keep talking about our problems in therapy or chat with a counselor, and we certainly didn't need another lawyer. We needed to stop the pain. But how? Marriage retreats and conferences focused on traditional marriages and strategies, and while it seems like those tools and tactics would work, they simply didn't transfer over into our blended scenarios. What we needed were tools to equip us to deal with the complexities that we were experiencing. So many things were new. So much was unknown. How do you deal with a difficult, high-conflict ex-spouse? 
How do you deal with differing values in each home? How do you handle when you live in one state and your ex lives in another and you're fighting a custody battle? Look, we know that it's important to protect our marriages and help our kids blend without heavy expectations and a whole lot of conflict. We need guidance on how to handle discipline and acknowledge the confusion that's in our new roles without experiencing a whole bunch of shame. We don't need any more toxic situations, and we certainly don't need any more toxic people. The last thing that we need is people telling us that we knew what we were getting in for. Hey, we didn't know. And if you're in that same situation where you're wondering what you got yourself into, you're in the right place. Welcome to Step Family Mission Possible. You know that expression that people often say at the beginning of the year, new year, new you? Yes, I've heard that expression. Yeah, okay. So I realize that we've got some transformation that's happening through the power of sanctification. What I'm thinking when I hear new year, new you, is this, is that you've got to get rid of all of the old stuff and all of the things that make you you so that you can become a new you. I don't think you get rid of everything you are. God's made you what you are. We get rid of the stuff that's holding us back. A lot of people may have made New Year's resolutions, and we've talked about that on a couple previous episodes, that resolutions don't always go the way that we hope they will. And sometimes they're actually made in the heat of the moment to say, yep, I'm going to join the crowd and I'm going to make some New Year's resolutions as well. Yet what would be more powerful is to be resolute in the decisions that you're making for your family. And that's what we want to talk about today. I love that, that idea of being resolute. Jonathan Edwards, the great preacher, used to have a system of resolutions that he would say, resolved, I'm going to do this year. And, and that meant it was absolutely going to happen because it wasn't just an emotional thing. It went back to the core of his being. He always made sure of that. Mm-hmm. If we're at the core of our step family being, a lot of times we don't like what it looks like in there. What can we do about that? I think that we evaluate it. If we don't like what we see, then we need to change it, don't we? Change is hard, honey. I'm not so sure that I want to make a lot of changes. Change is hard. Change is hard, but that's where transformation comes from as well. And hard work is hard. Change is hard work. Hard work is hard. So if we went back to the idea, why do New Year's resolutions fail? I think we don't plan for them. They sound really good, but we don't actually assess why they're important to us and how we're actually going to achieve them. We just make them. Well, we make them out of emotion. Hmm. We make them out of emotion, but what doesn't happen is it doesn't go to our core. In other words, we make resolutions that are inconsistent with who we are. And we work on who we are before we work on what we do. Okay. How do we work on who we are? How does that start? I think the first thing we have to do is we have to know who we are. We come to a conclusion of what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why am I breathing air? On this globe called Earth, why did God put me here? What is the purpose for my life? That sounds really deep and ethereal, but the the truth is, everything I do comes out of that. But it doesn't come out of that. It comes out of my understanding of that. 
When you talk about being purpose-driven, I can't help but think of Rick Warren and all the books that he's written as far as your purpose-driven life and your purpose-driven church. And in lieu of talking about those five areas that we focus on for a purpose-driven church, for your life, if we were working with a couple and encouraging them to evaluate their purpose, where would we start with them? First, we would ask them to look at their intrinsic motivation. In other words, their why. Simon Sinek wrote a book called Start With Why, Mm -hmm. meaning that until you understand why you do things, nothing will change and you will continue to do the things you do because it's who you are to you, Mm -hmm. if, if that makes sense. So we have to understand why do, why did I enter into this family? Why did I marry you? What is going on in me that says, yes, this is something that I am going to fulfill, something that I'm going to do. I'm going to be a faithful husband. I'm going to be a good dad. I'm going to be a good stepdad. I'm going to do those things. I'm committed to those things. Why? Those things have to be, that is number one. Why am I doing this? You asked a great question. I think that's my question for you. Why are you here? Why are we here? Well, we're here because we are trying to fulfill God's purposes for us uh, on the earth. Now, I will tell you, I think this is true of both of us. We knew that we blew it in our first relationships, mm-hmm. and we didn't want to do that again. But that's not good enough. Just saying, I don't want to do it again isn't good enough. First, you come to the conclusion, okay, why am I here? I'm here to me to preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. And to further the kingdom of God, I asked God for a partner in doing that, someone I could love, cherish, honor, all those things, and work with to further the work of God, the reason why he put me on the earth. Now, when I come to that conclusion, then obstacles are just that. They're obstacles. Because the goal for my life my purpose is to glorify God in my time. <laughs> and I can't do that if I'm creating conflict, running away, acting selfish. All those things are going to get in the way of my life's purpose. Now, many, many people don't really have a life purpose. They haven't thought about it. Mm-hmm. And so they're all over the place because they don't really know why they live. I think we get caught up in the day-to-day really quickly. And what's so important, what you and I, what God has been teaching us lately is this importance of deep work, turning off the cell phones, actually putting them away. There are some people out there who suggest that you've locked them in a safe. (laughs) We haven't gone that far, but they're away from us so that we can actually focus on chunks of work at a time and take that time to reflect on what's important to us as a couple. Now, I'm pretty confident that had you caught me at my younger self and I were listening to some of the things that you were saying, I would say that's ridiculous. That's all holier than thou, that your life purpose is to glorify God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's that look like in my life right now? Because things are crazy because I'm in a family where my kids don't really like me, where my kids don't get along, where the bio and the step don't get along, or I'm dealing with all of these challenges, these obstacles, and I really don't even know. So how can I even take the time to make a plan when I'm drowning right now? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic observation. First things first, do I believe in God? Let's start there. 
Okay. Because if I do, if I believe in God, then he gets a say in what I'm doing in my life. And part of going through the obstacles is the learning. Mm -hmm. And that includes humility, unfortunately. <laughs> that can be painful. Humility can be painful, but it is good for us. It, it's a great question because chaos happens for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Chaos happens because it's resistance. Chaos happens because it's an attack. Chaos happens because there's no plan. Yeah, that's going to bring about our favorite Bible verses. We have several favorites, but you know that mine always has to do with vision. And I, I really favor Habakkuk where he writes the vision down so that he can proclaim it to the masses later. You know, I like to write stuff down. I write stuff down all the time. And writing it down, it for me, I think of it as it gives those words power, just like the written word of God has power. So without a vision, the people, they're going to perish. So right. without a vision for our step family, your step family is, cannot achieve the success that God has waiting for you if you're unwilling to take the time to be aligned with God. And if you're, not, if you're too busy to sit down and listen, then you can't receive what he has for you. No, I'm so good. And what I love about that, a vision for our step family comes out of my life purpose, doesn't it? If I don't have a life purpose, in other words, and it can be as simple as this, I believe in God. That's a life purpose. I, I believe in God and I'm going to obey him. There's a simple life purpose, right? I'm going to obey whatever he tells me to do. Well, now there's a lot in that. That means it can't be about me. If it's going to be about God, then it can't be about me. So the question you asked or what you said is your younger self might have said, oh, that's ridiculous. It's holier than thou. But we can answer the question, who do I live for? Do I live for me or do I live for God? I did spend a lot of years living for Jen. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> and there's still that challenge there for sure, that, that mm -hmm. selfishness that flesh desire to do the things that make me happy. And my frustration can come in when people in my family don't behave the way I want them to behave, when I want them to behave or how I want them to behave on my timeline. So it's very important to reorient my compass to say, it's not about me. It is about who is God calling us to be in our marriage. While we started this broadcast with, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, there are some things that we do need to throw out when we come together in our step family. What I heard you say was the most important thing is to start with our intrinsic why. Why are we here? So we know God put us here. His word tells us to be holy for the one who created us is holy. So we are to be holy in all we do. And for those times that we miss the mark, that's what repentance and forgiveness are for, and that we need to keep returning to God's best for us. Now, our best. Oh, thanks. I, I really want to camp on that for okay. a second because repentance is my, isn't that me going to God and saying, God, I'm sorry for the way I've lived here. I'm repenting to God. Now, when he forgives me, his forgiveness is total. But where do we get stuck? In our own heads because we replay the broken record over and over again and we don't fully we may ask for forgiveness, but I do think that we are challenged to fully receive God's forgiveness. Yeah, we don't forgive ourselves. And because we don't forgive ourselves, we stay locked in an old identity that doesn't really fit. 
Mm, that's good. That's good. Okay, so we've got our why that God put us together here to do some great adventures together. Life with you, it is an adventure, no doubt. And as I recall, you were chasing me down initially. I think I was running from you. You were a little bit. I was determined. <laughs> you were determined, persevering. Why was set. <laughs> Thanks for chasing me down. So you made a, a great point. So how do we bring that now to the step family? You just said, without a vision, the people perish. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. Without a vision, the people perish. So what is my vision for my step family? What do I see? We did a, an exercise for our church a few years ago with our vision team, and, and you were very instrumental in bringing that, and we actually asked these questions. What would it look like and feel like in one year, three years, five years, ten years? I think we even did six months, actually. Wait, three months. It started out three okay. months. Okay. Because it's really important when you're thinking long-term that you also set in some easy wins and gains <laughs> so that you could build momentum. Yeah. It would be real easy to say, oh, in three months, my wife is going to stop being a nag. You know what I mean? But that's not what we're after. <laughs> Wait a minute. You can't change the other person, but you darn sure can work on yourself. And if you can come together and have the conversation, hey, why did we get into this in the first place as we started? Mm -hmm. Then you can start to say, where do we want to be in a year? Where do we want to be in three? That's the first step because the obstacles are going to be there. But if you know where you're going, the obstacles are going to be easier to navigate in the sense that you're going to have the confidence that you can. That's right. That's right. I was thinking about earlier today, I had a conversation with somebody about internet here on the bluff. So we live on the Missouri River Bluff. And the internet is less than ideal here. Awful. Okay, yes. This is stinky, stinky sucks. Yes, it is awful. We are working with the developer of the neighborhood to bring internet here. So I had a conversation this morning. I'm not letting go. I am the bulldog, the dog with a bone, whatever that expression is. I am not letting go. We are determined that we are going to get some fiber cable here laid. We don't know who's going to do it. We have an idea. We just keep at it. We haven't let this conversation drop because our eye is not on the obstacle. Our eye is on this is what we want. We want internet that's reliable here. And so we're going to have all kinds of roadblocks that come up to get to that point. But we're going to do everything that we can to achieve that goal. Now, there's a lot of stuff that's out of our control, but I do believe that persistence will pay off and we are going to be rocking and rolling with fiber optic internet here. So applying that kind of thinking. It's a great, it's a great example because one of the things you just did is you mentioned there without mentioning the power of our subconscious mind. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. You've mentioned many times, we've got to have better internet. And I begin to pray about it every day. Mm -hmm. Just, I'm going to pray every day. Lord, you say what father will give his son a scorpion you know, when he asks for a loaf of bread. So here we go, Lord. I, I'm just going to, I think there was a fish and a scorpion and a a stone in a loaf of bread. But anyway, I'm coming to the throne, God. I'm going to knock on that door till it falls. Here's the thing about that. When you have a problem and you walk away and let your mind work on that problem, your subconscious 
will come up with solutions that you don't even know in your conscious mind are being come up upon. In this example, you told me this morning you were talking with some people who actually had power to do something about it, which was amazing because we've been knocking on doors. We've been talking to people. Oh, we don't think we're going out there. We don't think we're doing it. And then you talk to people and say, you know what? This guy is the owner of that company and he's got this money to do that with. And all of a sudden things start moving. Yep. And you say, Wow, that's a God thing. But I think that's the way our step families work too. You are really button heads with your stepkid. Mm -hmm. You really can't get so you go to God in prayer. Lord God, we gotta get this together. Mm -hmm. What's the real problem here? Maybe it's my pride. Maybe it's their rebellion. There can be a number of things, but I'm gonna walk away, but Lord, I'm I'm gonna set my mind to work on this and all of a sudden solutions come. Really, what we're talking about is after you have your why, mm -hmm. then you're moving on to what your mission is. Here's one thing that I'm thinking. When you're in conflict with your kid, if you say, my goal is to end the conflict, mm. that's a short-term thing. And my question for you would mm -hmm. be is, what is your long-term goal? How do you see your kiddo, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, turning out? Who do you want them to become? Yeah. So the goal is not to end the conflict per se, that's one of the inherent outcomes of the goal being to raise a respectful young man. People are happier when their goals are about something beyond themselves. We're happiest when we're doing things that affect other people. And, and that's one of the beautiful things about being a parent in general, not only a step-parent. And, and a step-parent can have major impact in the life of a child. I think often we don't believe we can, but a step-parent can have major impact in the life of a child. And even just as they watch the way you live your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think where people may question that is there's so much control that is lost. And the focus there, and, and this is where I was in the first few years of our family, is I felt like everything was out of my control, and I felt like I was a stranger in our own home, and I didn't really like our stepfamily life. Everything was cool when it was you and me, but when we got together, when all the kids came together, that was not so cool, and it, it was not, there, there was not a lot of fun there. There were moments, so I don't mean to imply that we didn't have any fun. There were definitely a lot of moments, but there was always this underlying current of discomfort and dissatisfaction and dis-ease, and a lot of that had to do with what I was experiencing in my own role, and once I began to realize that it wasn't about control. It was about influence. And you were mm. instrumental in that. Mm. So while you're talking about the control that we do have, really what I want to encourage our listeners to hear is the influence that you have. Whether you're a step-parent or a biological parent, mm. there is so much influence that you have on the people around you. You could be that person that raises things to the next level by what you're choosing to demonstrate in your family. You know, that's such a great example. And one of the things I would say to the three-year you at the seven-year, you know, almost eight-year mark mm -hmm. now, I would say the book is not written yet. We've only read a couple of chapters. Mm -hmm. We've begun to introduce the characters. We've begun to see the conflict. But we don't know where it's going. So taking the example that you brought, you were just getting to know those kids and even still the in impact years later 
is much more than you thought it was then. We can just take our youngest and look and say, right now, he's athletically fit. He told me when he got up this morning, I loved track practice because they beat the stuffing out of me and it felt so good. We're talking about a kid who seven, eight years ago couldn't find the next donut fast enough. There is some truth to that. But look at him. He blows me away and I'm pretty fit. <laughs> he, he is some stiff competition for you, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and I think when I look back at the beginning, I was focused on that moment right then and what I was experiencing because it was so shocking because we didn't have a game plan. Let, let's be clear. We did not understand the importance of us coming together and saying, hey, this is the direction that we want to take our family. We thought we did. We thought we had the experience that we needed, but we had never been in a blended family before. Mm -hmm. And we were simply not equipped to develop a mission in the context of a mission. So we understand our why, our purpose is in our work glorifying and obeying God for what he's calling us to do. Our mission in our step family is to be a pretty cool step family. Yeah. Now, how we define cool may be very different than how somebody else defines cool, but it's important to set what your mission is as a step family. You want to throw out a few, talk about a few examples for to get people thinking about what their mission as a step family might be? Yeah, your mission as a step dad or a step mom might be, I want to understand the love languages and the methods of operation and all these things of my stepkids because they're different than mine. I want to know them as individuals and I want to have a relationship with them that is at least built on the respect of I care. Mm -hmm. So if, if we just start there, you know, ultimately you might say goal is we all want to move in the same direction because we want to accomplish this as a family, whatever this is. Mm -hmm. But Ideally, especially if you're a Christian, that mission is already built in. Glorify God. We all want to get to the end and hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. Not one of us wants to hear him say, hey, depart from me. I've never known you. This is really a, a dream stage for couples. We recommend that couples do this on their own first before they take it to the family, that they have some ideas, some conversations about what's really important to them. So they have a framework for making good decisions for their family. Then when they develop this framework, they actually can go. Of course, it's all going to be age dependent on the kids. But if they're talking, that means if they're two yeah. <laughs> and they're talking, you can have these conversations around them to talk about what's important in our step family, what's important to you. So they could go around the table and ask each person, What's important to you? That's an awesome idea. I, I like the idea of doing that, going around the table and saying, what does this look like to you? Everything's good. Say in a year, what happened in the past year? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Looking back, that projecting yourself in the future, it is the only way we can time travel right now. But the beautiful thing about that is there's no threat there because you're saying anything goes. They might say, well, just hope in a year you're gone. That would be cruel. Someone might say that, but hey, this is an open forum. If that's your dream, share it and then tell me why. Yeah. Yeah. And I would encourage couples to actually, in the telling me why, the way to do that is to ask how and what questions. So how do you see us getting from where we are to that point? What kind of things have to happen? 
that create that one-year marker the way that you described it. Because when we get focused on all of the particulars, we can get bogged down. So it's more of a brainstorming, this is what our mission is. And then once you actually establish what your mission is for your family, there are a couple of reminders. One, it's it's really a get-started choice. Mm-hmm. Things are going to happen. The world is going to change. Your passions will change, especially with your kids as they're growing. I think we forget this in all families, that we are all changing. We are not the same people we married necessarily because our, we've grown and we've matured and our interests have definitely changed and our professions have changed from when we first met. Dramatically, they have changed. <laughs> we did not have be podcasters in our mission at the beginning of starting a step family. Mm-hmm. No, that's pretty recent, actually. Uh, so we have this overarching intrinsic why, what really motivates us. And then we establish our mission. Hey, here's where we want to go in 10 years. So that could involve our finances. That can involve, do we want to have more children? That could involve, do we plan on moving? Do we need a new house because we have all these kids together and they're all younger and so we don't have enough room in the current house? There are lots of choices. Do we need a new car? And it makes me think of when women have babies. They typically get new cars, uh, new houses, and new haircuts. (laughs) (laughs) before the baby comes along because there's lots of transition going on. So I guess if you want a new haircut, go get a new haircut too. You develop your mission and then you break it down into steps. And I think this is where people get stuck. Of course. So let's talk about, before we go into some practical ideas about how they can take the steps, let's talk about why people get stuck. People get stuck because the mission and the vision are not complete in their head or clear clear they don't have clarity on where they're trying to go and you'll hit a non-existent target every time that's absolutely job one i need to sit down now now it might be we talked about sitting around the table and that's an ideal situation right there might be kids that say no way jose i'm not doing that you guys are crazy whatever even if it's just with your spouse get on the same page let's talk about because we always talk about coupleness doesn't equal familyness mm-hmm. but we got to have the coupleness so let's talk about where do we want to take this family we're the leaders we are so even if it's influence rather than command mm-hmm. that's you think about how did jesus influence that's what he did. He influenced people because he commanded plenty and they didn't do it. <laughs> that's right. That's still true to this day. But at that point, that's when we can lay out some steps. And whenever we lay out steps, we have to be willing to throw out some other things. That's for example. It might be your family might have a habit of watching TV from five o'clock till nine o'clock every night or whatever. But you sometimes have to ask that question. Now, wait a minute. Is that reaching the goal of family togetherness we really want to have. We're all in different rooms watching TV or looking at social media or stuff like that. Is that reaching our goal? And you might come up with, no, it's not. Therefore, we have to jettison that. We've got to get rid of that and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to limit TV to X number of hours. We're going to limit your screen time. And we're not doing that because we want to be mean. We're doing that because we the mission trumps all. Mm-hmm. And so when you have that mission, when you have that talking mm-hmm. point in the family, it's really easy for everybody to get on board and focus around that. And as you indicated several times, it does take 
perseverance, mm. just like we're persevering for the internet. It does take yeah. perseverance and it does take showing up. I heard you say the ways that we get stuck are lack of clarity on our vision, or we simply don't have a vision. But assuming that we do, it's not clear. We get stuck because we're not on the same team, that mm -hmm. together as a couple, we're not on the same team. Yeah. And then we get stuck because we have habits or practices in place that we are unwilling to get rid of in sure. order to allow something new to come in. Oh, and, and another reason is because we have things that we don't know how to do yet. Yeah. I was saying, hey, we'd like to do this, but we really don't know how. Mm-hmm. I think it's important that uh, families accept the fact that it is okay that you don't know how. And that's where podcasts like this one and workshops and conferences come into play to equip couples so that they can get a better understanding of the how. But right now, where I want to focus is the passion that's necessary so that you actually want to do the how, so that you actually want to do these steps. So as we talk about a couple of steps that they can take to complete their mission, I want to I want to pray for our listeners right now in that sense of being willing to be open to mm -hmm. possibilities, even if they've thought about them before and shot them down, even if you've tried something and it hasn't worked before. That doesn't mean that it won't work for you now, as long as you have clarity and unity and really that you're on the same team, working in the same direction for the step family mission that is possible for you as a family. Yeah. And, and I would say, start slow. If you're going to make change, because you say we need change, take on one thing, maybe two and, you know, say, okay, we're going to do this and then create, uh, I like to call them pillars, create a habit that you have control over that you can evaluate and say, again, my example, we're going to turn off the TV every night and it's only going to be on for one hour a night. And I'm going to put a little check mark in my calendar or whatever it is I keep every time we do it. And we're going to see how we do. Mm -hmm. That's an example of something I can do to a step to complete my mission. Now, I wouldn't take on too many. Like I say, you'll drive everybody crazy and it'll get be tough. But you can do one or two things at a time. And then what ends up happening is those things then become habits then we can move on to something else. Mm -hmm. Each one is aligned with the change we are pursuing for the direction we're headed as a step family. Another example that comes to mind is dinner. You can decide based on your family schedule, okay, Mondays and Thursdays, dinner is at six o'clock. Once you decide dinner is at six o'clock, then you line up your days with the things that are necessary to free you up so that you can have dinner at six o'clock. And it's not just dinner at six. Who's preparing dinner? What are we having for dinner? Mm -hmm. Getting the ingredients ahead of time for dinner. So these are a lot of things that can help you create some consistency mm -hmm. and help normalize some of the expectations in your new family because there's so much that is up in the air when new people are coming together that when you can create consistency in your family through basic mandatory things like eating eating is important in your blend no matter what's going on it's important to have food uh, you can help create and foster an environment where there are norms you have in your family that definitely helps quiet some of the other things down because we know we do this as a family together on these days in this way. Oh, that's, that's super. And 
If we can take the pressure off, that would be great. If we can learn to laugh mm -hmm. and have some fun time and lots of downtime and not be so stinking serious all the time, that, that would be good too. Yeah. So as you're thinking about your mission as a step family, I encourage you to think about what do you like to do for a tradition? Pick some event that you celebrate. We've talked about Christmases and birthdays and other special occasions on this podcast and other episodes. How do you like to celebrate an event and have a conversation about that and get input from the kids and give them permission to say, hey, what to, to offer up their ideas of how they would like to celebrate because again, you're giving them input. It's also important in that conversation that you're acknowledging that things may not happen the same way in this home as you've experienced. How can we blend those things in a way that you're going to enjoy them? Traditions and rituals as a part of the mission is really important and will really jettison your success as a step family. I agree with that. The more we can get on the same page and create habits for our family, exciting ones, the better it's going to be for us. Let's give our couples permission to dream about the ideal step family for them, what they really want as a couple in their marriage, in their relationship with one another, in their relationships with their families. Like what direction is it that you want to go? And get excited about that because we do some pretty exciting things. We do. We have a lot of fun, but we've learned too over the years too. Right. Yeah. A couple uh, hard years there at the beginning. We say that blending is hard and we make it easier. And the reason that we make it easier is because it really stunk in the hard. And our hope and our prayer for other couples is that things aren't mm. quite so hard for you, no matter what you're going through, that mm. once you realize that there are resources out there for you, you can make blending easier. That is our hope and our prayer for our family. Everybody's going to go through adversity. Uh, we'd like to help you discover it and get through it. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a vision or a mission for your family, we would love to hear it. Email us at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com and share with us what your mission and vision and purpose, all of those things are. And if you'd like a little help so you can blend beautifully together, drop us a line. Hello at stepfamilypodcast.com. We'll be sure to reply to you real quick. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you liked today's episode, would you tell somebody and share it with them? Thanks so much. See you next time.